Hey there, amplifiers. You know what is really important? Is if you're going to amplify a business, you really need to know how to be an effective leader. Imagine that. So if someone who leads a business, takes it to the next level, needs to have the right skills, and you know, it takes some knowledge and some effort to sharpen those skills to really be efficient and effective. And our guest today is gonna to be sharing some awesome insights on how leaders can be more strategic. Now, the big idea here is, you know, successful businesses are cultivated by successful leaders. It should seem not like rocket science, right? And many business challenges can be resolved through effective leadership, right? It starts at the top. So the key is to become a successful leader, right? You must learn and practice the skills that successful leaders require. So our guest today is an amplifier. Um, Scott Drake is a sought-after consultant and trainer who made every mistake when rising through the leadership ranks. After seeing emerging leaders on his teams repeating the same mistakes, he set out to find a simpler and faster way to grow leaders. He couldn't find a shortcut, so he invented one. So I'd like to welcome to Growth Amplifiers the founder of Jump Coach, jumpcoach.com, Scott Drake. Hey, Welcome, Kenny, Scott. Thanks. Hey, thanks, Kenny. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Uh, well, I appreciate you being here. I'm excited to have you share some of your thoughts on how leaders can be more strategic. Um, just a couple of things as you're tuning in. And if you're seeing this live or in the replay, uh, make sure that you remember to ask questions. You might get some ideas. Scott's really knowledgeable and we're going to take any questions that we get. We uh, pick them up through time and then we will get them over to Scott and make sure that he gets those. Also share your comments. We appreciate comments being shared and take some of the ideas that sh Scott's sharing today and put them into action. If you hear ideas and, and you don't take action, then you're missing the chance to amplify your business. So Scott, while we're here, um, Here's the big three that I thought would be great to tackle today. Uh, number one, how can leaders be more strategic about their training? Uh, number two, how can someone accelerate their growth from a role player to a leader? And then number three, what can leaders observe and monitor that lets them know they're doing a good job? To get us started, if you wouldn't mind sharing just a little bit about your, your background and, and how you got to doing what you're doing now. Yeah, sure. So my background is in tech. Uh, I started out life as a computer programmer and uh, worked really hard to be great at that craft and eventually got the opportunities to take on some leadership positions and uh, did really well in some areas and really poorly in other areas. It was uh, it, it took me, uh, like I say, it took me about 10 years to kind of level up and figure out leadership. And yeah, so I came out of a, a tech background, uh, took on some leadership roles, uh, ran a dev shop for about eight years. So, mm -hmm. so I've been an entrepreneur myself and I'm an entrepreneur again, which is kind of fun. And then I kind of went back into the corporate world and took a head of director role for a while and a VP role for a while. And I've really focused the last five years purely on on leadership and building teams and, and, and really getting good at working through others. And and as you said in your intro, I, I uh, as I saw the leaders coming behind me making all the same mistakes I had, I like there's got to be a better way to teach people 
leadership. So that's really, that's my focus now is to, is to go in that direction. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate your journey. You know, that's the cool thing along our journey. We pick up different skills, mm -hmm. different lessons, uh, different tools. And then we, we figure out, oh man, this is such a better way to do this. And I could save people so much time and all the headaches of making the mistakes if, if they want to, to get a faster path there. So um, I really appreciate you having, having you on today. Cause as I mentioned, I see a lot of businesses work with a lot of different businesses who are growing, but sometimes their, their leaders are, they know what they know, you know, maybe they know their craft and they're really good at what they do. And maybe that's why they started the business, but they haven't really ever learned how to be a, a great strategic leader. So how can leaders be more strategic uh, about their training and, and development? Yeah, so it starts to, to recognize that there is no one size fits all. There's no one way to be a great leader. And if you, and I like to use the term strategic because if you look at Amazon, there's tens of thousands of books. Last time I looked, there was, there was more than 90,000 books listed. Like they run out of space. They quit counting when they get to that level of the number of books on leadership. So number one, from a strategic standpoint, is to recognize that there is no one right way to do it and that different people are going to need different things. Mm -hmm. Different people are going to need to focus in different areas. If you're a frontline leader versus an executive, you know, you, you're, you, there are some foundational pieces that are consistent, but that you're going to have different journeys. So be okay with that, right? The, the things that your friends are studying may be interesting for them and applicable for them, but they may be the wrong thing for you. They may be a waste of time for you. So that's what happened to me. Like I studied early on a lot of entrepreneurship stuff, but I wasn't studying how to coach problem solving or how mm -hmm. to work through others. So for me, I studied the wrong things at the wrong times, and, you know, and, and that wasted a lot of time and wasted a lot of money and, and opportunity. So, so number one is just to kind of recognize that. And then go ahead. No, that's it. Number one. Yeah. All right. And then, then number two, um, more than skills. I said there's a couple of foundational pieces that are needed. Mm -hmm. More than skills is thinking. Leaders think differently. A great leader thinks differently than a great role player. A great role player is there to solve problems and to get things done and to deliver A-plus solutions. And a great leader is often there to let them do it. <laughs> but we, we rise to the ranks, again, on, on our craft and our, and our, our own ability to be the, the, the hero of the story. But then when we become a leader, we have to let our team become the hero of the story. And we have a new job to do and a new way to think about our job, a new place to attach our ego. Like our ego has to go from being the doer to being the leader. And it's, and it's a mindset shift, a mind, mindset shift. And until you do that, skills don't matter, right? Until you get a feel for, for what that is, then adding a bunch of skills isn't really going to help you. So that's the second piece of really being more strategic is to say, look, I have to level up my thinking. I have to think differently. It's a different job. And I can't just keep riding on the things that made me successful to this point. It, it makes a lot of sense too, just from like thinking of sports, for example, you know, what makes a good quarterback, it doesn't translate to making a good coach. Correct. You're like, oh, I know all these skills. I know how to do this really good. Well, you're not going to be running on the field making these plays. So <laughs> you've got to empower others to be successful. And I, I see that's a huge mind shift. And while while it's simple, it's it's powerful and it's it's really important to crack that. It is, yeah, because a lot of us can understand that intellectually. But part of what I teach is that there's some moments that matter, mm -hmm. right? And intellectually, you may understand that I don't have to have the answers as a leader, or I may understand as a leader that my team will be more engaged 
if I'm if I empowered them and I get out of their way. But in the moments that matter, at the times where I can see that my team is struggling and I could jump in and fix it or help them, right? It's hard to emotionally step back and watch them struggle, even though that struggle is what they need, right? This overcoming that struggle is what's going to make them love their job, right? Think of how great it feels when you solve a big problem, right? It feels good. You get a lot of, right? But if you take that away from your team, then they're not going to be as engaged and they're going to go find someplace else where they can be the heroes of the story. So you can understand this intellectually that, hey, I have to be the leader, but then in the moments that matter, it can be very hard. And that comes down to really why is emotional intelligence so important for leaders? Why is a growth mindset so important for leaders? So some of these pieces around those pieces that that are really the place that, that leaders have to start. And I could see I could see that with you know a lot of businesses who are doing good and they're growing their teams. But if they don't take the time to focus and develop these skills, uh, they may be hindering their team's performance and they're wondering like why aren't my managers uh stepping up or why why aren't my team members stepping up and sometimes you could see that it's because you're stepping on them you're not you're not empowering them to to step up yeah I, so my my early failures were people would bring me problems and say scott can you help us like I, I have this problem i don't know what to do with it and they're just looking for a nudge they're just looking for a tweak they're just looking for clarity right and what would happen is I would lose patience with them as I was trying to coach them. And I would just take the problem for myself. I'd be like, just leave it with me, right? Here's some other stuff I've been working on. Why don't you take this and go finish it up? And then leave me that piece that you've been working on and I will just finish it myself, right? So I would lose patience with my team. And what that did though is, is they were bored and they were they were ready to quit their boss because they're just bored. It's like he gives me this stuff and then a week later he takes it away. Why, why am I even here, right? So that, that, that's, that was my first real experience trying to work through others to get things done, trying to be a leader. Is I just, uh, it's it just the things, you know, everything I'd have been rewarded to that point in my life had been for having the answers. And all of a sudden I'm in this position where it's not my job to have the answers. It's my job to work through others to get that stuff done. So, so now we've kind of identified, you got to be aware that it's there. You got to come up with a different mindset. Leadership is a huge topic. And some people can take decades, a lifetime to develop leadership skills and to really improve and be the best leader they can be. But how can someone accelerate their growth from being that role player to a leader that's really providing transformation? Yeah. So it's, it starts with that mindset piece. It starts with saying, I'm not, I'm not out to look, I'm not trying to learn skills. Mm -hmm. I need to learn how to think differently. I need to see the world through a different set of eyes. And um, the the whole first, I've got, I've got a few lessons out there. The whole first lesson is really just purely about this, this piece of the mindset. And then uh, there's an article from about 15 years ago that was in the Harvard Business Review called The Seven Transformations of Leadership. And basically what they note is that, that there's, a, that there's a, a specific shift from what's called an expert mindset to an achiever mindset, that most bad leaders have the expert mindset. They're trying to be the heroes of the story mm -hmm. and they need to shift into that achiever. But only about half actually do. About half of all leaders is why the world is full of good people who are bad bosses is because they've never made that shift. So what it what it advocates really is to just observe and to just sit back and journal and observe your world and observe your interactions with other people. Right. So if you have a team that you're trying to work through at the end of each day, set aside 10 or 15 minutes and look at all of your interactions that you've had with your team and then think about it from their perspective. Right. Think about it from was it empowering and clarifying and did they and did they leave more energized and more focused or 
if you're honest, could you see where maybe they're demotivated or they're confused or something else came out of that interaction? So the big step is really it, it, it's to decide, to decide to adopt that mindset. And, and it's really, you can do that. One of the biggest tools of doing that is just to start observing your interactions on a day-to-day -day basis through that. Uh, so that's, that's one of the biggest pieces, one of the biggest things that people can do. I think that's, it's, it sounds basic, but it's, it's important because you don't even, sometimes people don't even realize they're doing it. No, I was, I was facilitating a, an amplified power day for a client and is the owner of the business and he has his, his team there and he's asking, you know, everyone's doing ideation and everyone's thinking about what are some ways that we can hit or hit and achieve our goal. And at first people are kind of like not being very vocal. So he's starting to get frustrated with them. He's like, come on guys, we're here. We need your input. And then he's, he's a couple people started to say a few things and started contributing and he's really quick to, no, that's not going to work. Smash, smash, smash. Mm -hmm. That's not, a, that's not a good idea. That's, and I'm looking at him <laughs> and, and I had to playfully calm out in the, in the middle of the meeting because I did say if I, I'm, I'm going to have the permission to, to stop people if, if I see something going off course. And I, I had to say, bring that to his attention that, you know, we, we need to not be judging other people's input so early in the game, because if, if we are, then they're probably not going to be contributing. You're asking them to do two different things. Give me ideas and then let me smash them when I get them. Yeah. So, yeah. There's three, there's three, what I call moments that matter that I mm -hmm. coach people on that, that I teach new, new leaders. There's three. Number one, if you're delegating something, be the challenger as much as possible. Take somebody a problem, not tasks like in, in more mechanistic environments, more environments where routine and efficiency is more important. Yes. Take them tasks. Right. But as much as possible, especially if you're in, uh, more of a creative environment where you need the best thinking of others, take them a challenge, right? And then get out of their way, right? Take them a challenge and, and, and recognize that they're going to be more engaged and you're going to get better results if you can challenge them as opposed to delegate to them. Um, the second is, is what I call be a coach, which it goes back to what I talked about earlier, where, where if somebody brings you a problem, coach them through the problem solving, don't take the problem yourself, right? That's, that's a really hard one. Uh, for me, and it's really a hard one for a lot of leaders because, again, we're rewarded for solving problems and all of a sudden we have to stop solving problems. Right. But, yeah, the third one, the third one is if somebody shares an idea as a human being, you're wired to see every problem with that idea. Right. That's just the way your brain works. But most times, if you think about problem solving, it goes from a define the problem. What are the what are my trade offs or standards? What's going to make it a good solution? Right. Brainstorm ideas, choose an idea. Right. So most of the times when somebody's presenting you an idea, they're on step four and you don't understand the first three steps. You don't understand their thinking. So you have a different problem in mind that, hey, this is a solution for a different problem or this is a solution against different standards. So you have to step back and be curious. That's the third thing I coach people to do is be curious in those moments where people share ideas because they're solving probably a different problem than you're that you may need to be aware of the problem they're trying to solve or they may have different you know, costs or risks or, or different constraints that they're putting around their 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 brainstorming. So yeah, it is really easy in those moments to bring bad energy and really and really to uh, hurt your ability to be a leader without even realizing that you're doing it, right? You're just trying to be helpful a lot of times and you just totally, totally mess yourself up. So yeah, it's, it's easy to do. It, it, it was sad to see because I, I don't want to give too much details and, and point out the, the company, but it was the the owner 
and his wife and his son were there and you could just see like this it was just kind of sad to witness um mm -hmm. like oh man they're, they're wanting to be here they're wanting to contribute but if if you stomp on them and you mm -hmm. and you, you don't step back and be curious right then they're just gonna go back to being closed again mm -hmm. um but i so really helpful that was a really helpful suggestions um now if, if leaders are putting these ideas into action and, and they're working on growing this area how what can they observe and monitor that lets them know that they're they're doing a great job that they're making improvements that they're being efficient and effective yeah so one of my favorite questions to ask is is how do you know you're doing a good job Right. And you asked that I'm an accountant and an accountant's going to have an answer. Right. You ask Scott, the computer programmer, the computer programmer had an answer. Right. You ask a marketing person, they're going to have a good answer. But you ask most leaders, how do you know you're doing a good job? And most are going to scratch their heads or they're going to fall back into the domain they came out of. They're not going to be thinking about leadership. But it's you know, you can't be good at anything if you can't define what success is. So. So, yeah. So in, in this case, what I put together is essentially a scorecard that I, I dug through this took about four years to kind of do all the research on this but this is just kind of my personality and what i like to do but um but no i took i took and i mapped out the learning objectives for several hundred books and i kind of took a bunch of mba programs and different leadership programs i said what are they actually trying to teach you like what's the underlying goal of leadership that they're trying to get you better at right so so i turned that into a scorecard and, uh, and then there's another lesson up on that. And then all the lessons I've got up on my site are, are pay what you can. They're essentially free and all the downloads for them are essentially accessible to anybody. So you can just go to the site and download it and look at it. But yeah, I put together a scorecard and it essentially has four overarching goals. Like leaders are trying to accomplish four things. Like they're, 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 their job is to work through others, but how do you actually kind of observe that? And the first, the most obvious is they get results, right? You know, mm -hmm. every organization or team exists to get something done, but is that thing getting done? And there's a little bit more, I go a little bit more into it than that because that's the simple view of getting results. But right. then but then leaders also need to, to um, have an engaged team, right? If the results come at the expense of your team and your team quits, then those results aren't sustainable, right? right. So you have to balance results with the engagement of your team. And then you also have the enthusiasm of your customers, right? Some businesses are really focused on building enthusiastic customers. If you get results in a way that your customers aren't happy with, like they may not like the way you did it. They may have liked the results, but the way you did it, they're not going to come back, right? Then that's then that's another one that you have to balance results with your customer enthusiasm. And then creating more leaders. Um, you know, obviously in the entrepreneurial space, that's really big that, you know, a lot of owners and entrepreneurs and leaders get to a situation where they can't go on vacation. They can't take a break from their business because their business is them in a lot of ways. So it's really, are you creating the people in your organization who can do your job. So those four things go into kind of a scorecard that 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 people need to build feedback loops on, right? You mm -hmm. need to constantly looking at data on, are we getting the results? Is the team in good shape? Are my customers in good shape? And, and is the business, am I growing more leaders within the business? So those four things are really the foundation of what most leadership training is trying to get you to get better at. I really applaud the, the scorecard. That's one of the things that we do with our clients as well who are looking to to grow and increase the revenue in the business. And surprisingly enough, there's a lot of people who are advertising or putting a lot of time and energy into marketing or um, doing events or networking, and they're not tracking some of the basic things to make sure that they're even making traction in those areas. Mm -hmm. And what you focus on grows. So if you're looking to develop your leadership skills, uh, develop a, a scorecard and then make sure that you're tracking and improving in the areas that are important. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got a question coming in from the P 
peanut gallery <laughs> uh, from the promotions that we did prior to the event. Uh, Tina, who's within a business attorney firm, I'm confident in my own abilities, but second guess myself when it comes to leading a team. In particular, I find it challenging. Um, in particular, I find challenging people or holding them accountable difficult. Do you need to be born with a certain personality to be a good leader? Yeah, so I don't believe you do, right? I don't feel like that. There are just, I think, about 10% of people that are just natural leaders. Mm -hmm. Like if you study Gallup, like Gallup does a lot of studies and different stuff, and they will tell you, yes, only 10% of people are cut out to be leaders. And I completely disagree with that study. I think there are about 10% of people who are, who have some psychological condition that would prevent them from developing the emotional intelligence to be a good leader. But I think 90% of people can be good leaders. Um, I think from a, the flip side of that scorecard, so part of the scorecard is one of my goals. The other part of the scorecard are the jobs. There's nine jobs. There's nine areas of focus for a leader. And one of them is what's the vision? And then are the standards around that vision clear? So if you're looking at accountability, it's, it starts with, are you setting a good, clear vision for your team? Right. Mm -hmm. And then are you, is your team aware of what the standards are that they're going to be held accountable to? And then the other thing I, I, I try to work with people to do is that you alone are not responsible for holding your team accountable. Right. The biggest source of accountability for your team is the team itself. If the vision is clear and the standards are clear and our culture and, and our code of conduct is clear and it's agreed upon by everybody, then your team should hold itself accountable. Um, it, it should be part of the, again, the feedback loops that you build are at times the team having feedback, feedback loops amongst themselves. So, so yeah, it, it is, you know, accountability is one big piece, but it, it is, it's like the last thing I teach people about because mm -hmm. if you get all this other stuff, right. Then the accountability almost always takes care of itself. So, so it's good news that you don't have to be born a leader, <laughs> Uh, you could develop the skills. You need awareness and then you need s some systems and some strategies to help you improve and develop the right skills and make sure that you're making progress in the right areas to get the right results. Mm -hmm. huh. And when you set up the vision correctly and you have the right processes in place, things become a lot easier. If you're focusing on the right things, taking the right actions, you get the right results. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's pretty straightforward, but when you're dealing with the whirlwind of your everyday business and you know what you know and you don't know what you don't know, it can be challenging. As you've mentioned for yourself, I know that it's been, was a challenge for me transitioning from being the executor, right? The person who's executing the jobs to needing to lead others and help them grow and become self-reliant. Uh, it's, it's really hard to get out of your own way sometimes. And so it's helpful to have a guide or someone they could they could show you a pathway to help you jump forward, right? Yeah. So so you have a nice website and have checked it out and you've got some great content on there. You were mentioning about that earlier. Could you tell us a little bit more about uh, what people could find on there, what resources are there, and what's maybe something that they could do? Yeah. So when I sat down and, I, and, and like I said, I created this and I started thinking about this in the context of what is the training that I need to give my team, right? How do I shortcut their learning curve? How do I accelerate their growth? And, and how do I help us collectively work better together as a team? And that's part of where, again, the mindset comes from and the scorecard comes from as a tool to help a group of leaders also work better together, right? So what you're going to find here is, is uh, challenge-based short-form content. 
Um, most there's three lessons. They're all around the size of lunch size. Uh, they're intended to kind of be, be worked through. And then there's some challenges to follow them that you would do in the weeks ahead. And, but what it, what it, um, what it will do is it will kind of step you through getting your mindset right and then getting a scorecard right. And then how do I get better over time? Like it, it gives seven or eight different exercises that you can go through to identify topics that may make sense now. And you need to balance topics that make sense now with topics that are make sense in two or three years. Right. So it really gives you the tools, a toolbox to uh, understand leadership, start leading from your current position, even if it's not a position of authority and then get better over time. Those are the three big missions of that. And it's it's all short form content that's offered on a pay what you can basis. Uh, so it's 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 as accessible as I can make it to everybody who might need it. That's really cool, Scott. I appreciate that. And, you know, I guess maybe one of my first uh, steps into a leadership sort of program was Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. uh, I went through Toastmasters into their communication and leadership program. But, you know, it helps get your, your feet wet. But I really like some of the things that you're creating here and helping people look at the specific skills that they need to develop mm -hmm. to be just a great leader in their business. Everything else becomes easier when you have the right skills and you're taking the right actions. So my consideration for you who is tuning in, it's never too early to start mm -hmm. developing these skills and it's never too late. There's a, the only thing to consider is it's it's best to do it right now. So I'd I'd say if you're listening to this now, just check it out. Take a quick moment and go to jumpcoach.com. Mm -hmm. Check something out, gain something of value and develop your leadership skills. It'll help you not only in your business, but it'll help you in other areas of your life and every endeavor you'll take from this point forward. So take action. Yeah, real, real quick story. One, one lady I'm coaching was really struggling with her soon-to-be mother-in-law in planning for the wedding. Mm -hmm. And some of the exact techniques that we went through in, in, her, in her coaching, she started using on her mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's the, the next session she came back and she's like, it just made it so much better, right? It's, it's, the, it's the interactions of people that is really where you have to get good. So yeah, it is applicable to a lot of different areas of life. It's not just your, your professional world. So as we're wrapping up here, uh, if you wouldn't mind just sharing one thing you've learned on your journey, you've shared quite a bit already, but one thing that you've learned on your journey may, may have to do with leadership, maybe it doesn't, that you could pass along to someone else on their journey, maybe that you would wish to have learned a little bit earlier on your journey. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I touched a little bit. I think I think a big theme for me is that there is no one size fits all and you can't make everybody happy. So don't try. Mm. Right. Don't feel like there's something wrong with you. Like if you're not fitting in someplace or if you're not enjoying a particular role or something like that, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just and there's nothing wrong probably with that place. It's just that there may not be a good fit there. Mm. And what I really wish I had understood earlier in my career is to um, to just be comfortable with who I am and to not feel like there's something wrong or different or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and to focus on areas that I felt like would make me the happiest and to chase those and to start chasing, um, you know, the things that authentically made me happy. Um, I, I really wish I'd done that a lot, a lot earlier in my career, but I think a lot of people kind of get stuck trying to make everybody happy and then they make nobody happy. So, you know, focus on what are you really good at? What are you happy doing? and then see if you can't find a way to make that happen for yourself. Super cool. Thank you, Scott, for contributing to Growth Amplifiers. If you're tuning in uh, and you want to check out more upcoming live shows, be sure to visit growthamplifiers.com slash live. Uh, as mentioned early on, we want to hear questions that you may have, 
comments that you may have. We want to hear what you have to say. Uh, and we're always looking for great guests to come on our show. Uh, make sure to take action and visit jumpcoach.com. Scott, thanks again for joining us. We appreciate you. Thank you, Kenny. And everybody keep on taking action. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.